You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Is, uh, that may have been the last time we see Finn on uh, NXT. Uh, is he getting the call to the show? I think so. I mean, Money in the Bank's in two weeks. I think it'd be a good time to do it. Did you show me, speaking of that, did you show me, or did I just randomly find this on my own when, uh, when Seth Rollins used Money in the Bank at WrestleMania? Um, I mean, it's like an iconic moment, so, I mean, I, I remember speaking quite emphatically of it because I don't know if I've ever marked out like that in my life. I just, I, I saw it, like, I don't remember what I was watching, but I just saw it, like, a couple weeks ago. And, like, because I remember you talking about it, but I'd never actually seen it happening, I was like, oh, okie dokie. Hey, is, no, is there no soccer match on the night? No, they're, they're, yeah, there totally is. It's, uh, I mean, it may not have started yet, or it might be, like, literally about to start. Well, I mean, Brazil already played. Yeah, if you want to call that a match, yeah. Well, Brazil played, I didn't say Haiti played. Yeah, yeah Ecuador and Peru at 10.05. What channel is that on? Because it's not on FS1. Oh, uh, it's on the Deuce. Oh, okay, I was about to say, they've got the Ultimate Fighter on it, I really don't want to watch that. I don't blame you. I wonder if I can even, you know what, I have, uh, since I won't be able to listen to it anyway, I have, I can put it on, uh, Unimas. Uh, here it is, okay. They're doing national anthems. Oh, do you have FS2? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I, I don't. Well, I mean, cause I don't, my mom doesn't have it is what I should say. For a little longer anyway, I don't know if I, um, I got my, I got my Apple TV and my, or my Apple TV. I keep going. I got my Amazon <coughs> TV and my Fire Stick in yesterday. Mm, mm. So I haven't played with them yet. I'm sending them to my buddy to unlock them this weekend. Very nice. So, but apparently, if you unlock them, you can get off. That was really loud. Sorry about that. I like did not realize how loud that actually was. Um, okay, so actually, I get whatever this all access version is. You're supposed to be able to like have access to all this stuff after the sticks unlock. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know where that was, but oh, oh no! Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. Stop kidding uh, me. Okay, you know what? It'll, it'll just be easier if I just do it on. Yeah. I yeah. You either go to sleep or you go get in that bed and go back to sleep. We are not going to sit here and play this. You know it's your bedtime. You know it's past your bedtime. Oh my god, that's horrible, lady. Come on. Come on, Spinner. Ecuador contra Peru. 
Who's playing again? Ecuador and who? Peru. That's going to suck. Peru. Uh, no. I don't know. Ecuador will win. Peru beat Haiti 1 0, so they're at least. Who's Ecuador? God, there's like nobody at this match. Yeah, they. I've been surprised how um, one of the big stories has been how there's been like nobody going to these. I mean, other than like the big teams. Yeah. Other than like UEFA and Mexico and Brazil and Argentina. Alright, so it's it's the matching. It's in Glendale, right? I'm right, I'm looking at the right one. Yeah, it looks like the Cardinal Stadium. Alright, cool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I mean, that's somewhat to be expected. I mean, you know, these other teams, it's not like they have huge followings anyway. Right. And I mean, sorry, but, you know, Ecuador and Peru is not exactly like moving the knob for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if we weren't doing the podcast here, mm-hmm. let's put it this way. If we weren't doing the podcast and I was just watching TV, mm-hmm. I would not be watching Ecuador and Peru. No, I agree. And, I mean, if you look at them, like, USA Colombia was 67,000. Uh, yeah. Costa Rica Paraguay was 14. Yeah. I... Uh, it's not, well, I don't know, maybe it is pretty bad. <laughs> I was about to say it's not terrible, but yeah, actually it's pretty bad. Well, I mean, even this, like Haiti and Peru, and I mean, that is a really shitty match, but that was in Seattle at CenturyLink when you'd think with the Sounders there, you'd have at least a a decent soccer base built in there, and they only got 20,000. Yeah. Uh, they've got Tony V. <laughs> but then, got, I mean. They've I mean, got Tony and Inner Valencia. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, when Mexico and Uruguay were playing in, in this Cardinals stadium, they had over 60,000. Well, yeah, I mean, that's because Mexico is actually a bigger draw in the United yeah. States than the United yeah. States. Mexico is the home country. Well, they've taken over, haven't they? That's why I want, that's why I want to build a wall. It's going to be classy. Just, it's going to keep out all of Mexico from our great soccer events. You just, uh... <clears throat> You just give us eight years of Trump, and uh, those Mexico matches are going to be drawing about 8,000. So. Mm. <laughs> Trump is the man who can single-handedly destroy the USA-Mexico soccer rivalry. Yeah. Thanks uh, a lot, Donald. God. Just when it was getting good, too. Allie, chill out. Ugh, don't lose my stuff. Yeah. Allie, this ain't going to work. You're getting to bed. Go get in the bed. Good night. Love you. Tell Edward you love him too. Don't come back. Good now that she's going. Yeah. Let her scene commence. Swearing all around. S S S F F F D D D. Uh, it's all about the D here on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 110. That is it. It is our own version of Copa America Centenario plus DAs here in the Foreign Affair Studios. I am Edward Green. Pleased to have you all here alongside my call in crime, Wes Bradshaw. <clears throat> and if it sounds like my voice is about to go, that's because it might. It might Work be. It might be another one of those podcasts where uh, Wes just takes it home for about the second hour as I drink my tea here. Mm. 
So nice, so delicious, made by a one-name field producer, Jackie. She's a jack-of-all-trades, I tell you that, Jackie. Um, so much to talk about, though. We do have to uh, re-preview, as we like to say. We review the Copa America Centenario matches that have already happened and preview what is still to come in the group stage. We, of course, have our Gigante, or should I say, I guess because it's for Euros, gigantic, Euro 2016 preview, where we break down everything going on there as France kicks it off this Friday and West gets into the fetal position on Saturday when England takes the field against Russia. We'll also have news and notes, our other big story. We might actually have a couple other big stories of the week. Watch for and so raw. Of course, this podcast is presented to you by NGSC Sports, NGSCSports.com. We never stop. And you can find them at NGSCSports.com and on Twitter at NGSC Sports. You can find us at AFA Pod, at West Bradshaw 21, and at Edward Green. As we have Ecuador versus Peru on our televisions, we are... Full bore into Copa America Centenario. Wes, let us recap what has happened and look ahead. First of all, as of the time of this potting, and I realize as I say we're watching Ecuador-Peru, I am very much dating this podcast. Let's let fill you in on what has happened starting in Group A, the only group that has completed all two. Oh, that was a close one. All uh, their first two sets of matches started United States nil. Colombia 2 to kick off the tournament in Santa Clara. It was Carlos Zapata who opened it early on in the 8th minute on a set piece. And then James Rodriguez, who I thought wouldn't do jack this tournament. So I'm still sort of right. Uh, He had a penalty in the 42nd minute that was earned and then taken by him as Colombia strolled to a 2-0 win against a game United States team, according to Jurgen Klinsmann. Elsewhere in Group A, it was Costa Rica nil, Paraguay nil. That was a match that happened. 14,000 people in Orlando watched it. None of them will claim to have. It was that bad. Each team took home a point. As for their second matches, though, it was United States 4, Costa Rica nil. Clint Dempsey, Captain Marvel himself, had a penalty in the ninth minute that jump-started the U.S. attack after a nervy first few minutes. And then it was Jermaine Jones and Bobby Wood hitting up goals inside the final 10 minutes of the first half to put the U.S. comfortably in front, 3-0. Graham Zuzzi finished it off in the 87th as he came on as a sub for Bobby Wood. It was U.S. 4, Costa Rica 0. And then Colombia 2, Paraguay 1. Goals from Carlos Baca and James Rodriguez were the scoring early for Colombia inside the first half hour. And it looks like they were going to cruise to a victory, but Paraguay using their athleticism to get back into it. Victor Ayala with a goal in the 75th first minute. An absolute screamer from about 10 yards outside the penalty area. Great goal beating the Colombian keeper. It was not enough, though, for Paraguay to earn back a point. And as Group A stands west, Colombia is on top with six points. The U.S. have three, Paraguay one, Costa Rica one. And because top two advance to the knockout stage, a draw against Paraguay in their final match would look like enough for a U.S. uh, go-through unless Costa Rica can beat Colombia by about six goals. So, uh, Wes, we both picked Colombia and the United States, and so far, after a nervy uh, and shaky opening match from the United States, it looks like that's exactly where we're headed. Yeah, I'm not really surprised where we are right now. Um, I think you may have had a little more USA faith than I, but, uh, you know, Colombia... 
Columbia's a really good team. They've got really good players. And, you know, they, they seem to... They seem to pick it up when they come together. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, we talked last week about um, kind of a disappointing year at Real Madrid for James Rodriguez. Kind of? <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to be nice here. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, James Rodriguez is one of these guys, when um, when he pulls on that Columbia shirt, mm-hmm. he um, he's a guy who steps up to the pressure of being the talisman for his country. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost think James Rodriguez, truthfully, you know, I don't know if he wouldn't. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, I don't know if he wouldn't be better off going to a smaller club than Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think he's a guy who likes to have a lot of responsibility on him. And the thing is, at Real Madrid, I mean, if you're not Ronaldo or to that effect, if you're not Bale. Yeah. You're just another guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think he's more of a big fish, small pond kind of guy. And I think he just kind of gets, um, I think he gets lost in the shuffle at Real Madrid. But, I mean, let me say, you know, when he when he plays for Colombia, he is that big fish. He is the man that they all rely on, and he answers the bell for it. And we saw them answer the bell in that 2-0. And the United States, I personally thought the United States was a little lucky not to lose maybe 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't totally agree with Klinsman's assessment that all it was an, it was an even game except for two plays. That was a, that was a big talking point was his uh, his uh, talking of that. Yes, I did not exactly agree with him there. Um, that's I didn't think the United States played a horrible game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen the U we've seen the U.S. play horrible matches. Yes, and I don't think this was one. I just think they ran into a team that was better than them who was playing well that day. Yeah. Um, so very very well deserved three points for Colombia. Um, I, I think I think we've kind of seen the United States level. They're somewhere between two nil to Colombia and between four nil to Costa Rica, which obviously we'll get to later. I mean, they they lie in between that somewhere. Um, I, I just think Colombia when Colombia's playing well, when Colombia's playing well, I don't think the United States can beat them. Yeah, Colombia obviously a top five team in the world, and and even though I had my reservations after some players like Cuadrado and James Rodriguez did not have great club seasons, uh, as you said, Wes, when they put on the shirt, they really brought something special to the table, and that was what they did against the United States. Um, big, just big offset plays, and I, I will say this: I I agree with your sentiment as well. I don't think the United States played particularly badly as outside of really. The, the two things that led to goals, you know, the 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 set piece on the cross and then DeAndre Yedlin's handball that led to the James Rodriguez penalty. I, I don't think outside that they played particularly poorly. Michael Bradley was very bad. Um, <laughs> and there was a couple other players who weren't great. I won't say bad, but the attacking, the final touch, uh, as, as they say, was really lacking for the United States in that game. And and maybe if the final touch had been better, maybe we would have seen something maybe more like a 2-1 or, or something like that. Because, um, again, I don't think the United States played particularly poorly, but they, they didn't deserve to win. I, I, I don't agree with Klinsman in that. I, I think, 
as you said, the United States lies somewhere between 2-0 losing to Colombia and 4-0 against Costa Rica. I think the truth lies somewhere between the what the media thinks and what Klinsman thinks. I don't think it was the disaster the media maybe Ugh. wanted it to be. But I don't think it was as simple as Klinsman put as, well, you know, we were the same except for those two goals. Well, you know, those those two goals kind of matter. Um, but yeah, I... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. No, I, I'm, I'm done. I was, I was just going to bring us to the next match, but if you have another thought about this one, that's fine. Well, I was going to say, you know, we can get into this a little more, a little later if you want to, after we talk about the Costa Rica match. But I think, um, you know, we know Klinsman... Well, well, let's throw this out there. You know... Um, College football, of course, is coming up around the corner, and uh, there was a list released the other day of who's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always a big talking point when you go into a new season. Who's on the hot seat? Well, you know who's firmly on the hot seat is Jurgen Klinsmann. More than we thought, according to Sunil Galati. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I was kind of getting more of that feeling as we went forward that, you know, I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. I think that Costa Rica match, for the moment, has saved his job. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they, well, I'll tell you the next one with Paraguay, he, he needs that draw to get through that. Luckily, that's all he needs to get through. If the United States doesn't get out of the group stage now, mm-hmm. especially now with the way it's set up for him, I think Klinsman's out of the job before the tournament's over. Wow. Okay. Um, and you know, and you could, you could just tell. And I'll tell you this, just from watching ESPN FC, the aftermath of it and before the Costa Rica game, the media had their knives out ready for Klinsman. Oh, yeah, of course they did. Um, I think he's I think he's fortunate that, you know, as much as the media wanted to pile on in that first match, I think enough people did see, you know, they didn't, like you said, they didn't play bad. It's not like they went and embarrassed themselves mm-hmm. um, because that was, the media was begging, begging mm-hmm. for that to <laughs> narrative because i mean you know the media is i mean you know they either they either want you to be amazing so they can praise you or they want you to be an absolute dumpster fire because that's i mean that's what sells yeah mediocre sucks to write about in the old days that's what sold newspapers nowadays that's what gets you going to their website is you know you're either telling them you're the greatest ever or you're the worst ever so um you know they they were ready to murder Klinsman. And that Costa Rica game, that was, you know, he kept saying it was must win. Mm-hmm. I think he really understood how big that match was because if they had not beaten Costa Rica, mm-hmm. um, he <coughs> was getting absolutely slaughtered in the media right now. So. Uh, agreed. And, and they did beat Costa Rica, as we mentioned, 4-0 to go into second place in the group. And uh, basically, uh, by all accounts, unless, I mean, because the United States does play before, which is weird, but the United States does play before the final uh, Colombia-Costa Rica match. So if the United States did draw, I suppose Colombia could be super shady and allow Costa Rica to beat them by like seven and just to prevent the United States from going, which is why, as we know, that other tournaments, aka the World Cup and I believe Euros, Euros, they they play final group stage matches at the same time, so that this can't happen. Because I believe this also happened where West Germany did something like that in a World Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, yes, that did happen. Um, and I mean, really, really, when you look at it, it's going to come down to, you know, United States, you need a draw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that is the other thing. If they lose, they're done. Yes. 
You know, I mean, Paraguay, Paraguay have the draw against Costa mm-hmm. Rica, so they do have a point. Um, so it's all going to come down. All the U.S. needs is a draw, and they'll they should go through. Mm-hmm. They won't have a problem. They'll go through. Uh, one thing, as I was I was perusing the soccer boards, because I mean the uh, the United States was a a great win against Costa Rica, and and a lot of great performances. Jermaine Jones, you know, just fantastic performance in that match. Uh, Clint Dempsey setting up two goals after scoring his penalty. Um, one of the questions that was pro- posted in the boards was Michael Bradley had a better game, but not a great game. And some people are wondering if. Coming back to MLS is is part of the reason he has fallen off in recent times. And and somebody said, well, you know, Jermaine Jones plays in MLS and he's doing great. And Dempsey plays in MLS and he's still scoring goals. And somebody responded, well, it's not so much the talent that's atrophying. It's it's the fact that with the position that, oh, my, uh, with the position that Michael Bradley plays being that sort of central defensive mid, his passing has become a little lax and in MLS you can sort of get away with that and against one of the top five teams in the world in Colombia you can't and so I I think that there might sort of be some merit to to sort of this case study in that Michael Bradley has actually gotten a little bit worse since coming back to MLS now he's still got you know great talent he's still got he's still in great physical shape but but that one aspect of his game which when you're a cdm and especially if you're in that 442 at the back of that diamond you're distributing it out of the back where a bad pass leads to a, a turnover in the other team's attacking third it it is i think an interesting observation to make that it i i don't know i'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because i know you're kind of also on the same not die mls die but maybe yeah. don't come back well, I mean, uh, let's uh, let, let's take our own. Let's take a local example, okay. because I know all the people out there. You you know all about Tarboro football. Yeah. Well, you know, every year, you know, and, and this is obviously between you and I. Um, you know, what does Jeff Craddock do? Because you know, the last few years, he's known his conference stinks. Yes, it's very bad. So he has to go. He schedules heavy early. Because they have to be tested. Because he knows for six weeks his team's not going to be tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've seen over the past few years that then suddenly when they run up against the better teams later in the playoffs, they've had a problem being able to get themselves up to that level. Yes. Uh, the Wallace Rose Hills, the James Keenans of the world. Um, that, to me, I think that's more the issue with a Michael Bradley and with some of the MLS guys is, you know, because, I mean, let's put this I mean, you know, Bradley looked obviously much better against Costa Rica where you're not exactly playing a bunch of European players. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly these passes that you're hitting all the time when you're playing the Colorado Rapids. Yes. The Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers. You know, you hit those passes against those guys. Well, suddenly now you're trying to do it against Colombia, which has European, you know, guys who are playing in higher leagues in Europe all across the field. The reason those guys are in Europe is because usually they're a little quicker. They're a little, you know, maybe a little more savvy. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, oh, God, my passes aren't working. It's because 
in that match especially, he played up. He he had to play up to competition, and he wasn't used to playing up to that competition. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, there, there's a reason Klinsman has pushed so hard for these guys to go to Europe. We've had this talk. Yeah, I'm not going to get too far into it. But, I mean, there's a reason Klinsman wants these guys in Europe, and there's a reason that guys like uh, Pulisic and Bobby Wood and, um, you know, some of the other guys who played overseas, there's a reason that they look good in American uniforms. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason that their play doesn't seem to fluctuate as much as some of the guys who are strictly MLS. Yeah. So, um that's my thing. I mean, I, personally, I, I mean, I've always thought Bradley was a good player. Don't get me wrong. I've never <coughs> on this. Oh my God, Michael Bradley is amazing. Train before. Uh-huh. You know, Dempsey. Yeah, Landon Donovan. I always somewhat thought was a charlatan. Yes. But um, but you know what? Hey, he scored a lot of goals for the United States. So yeah, I can't say too much about Donovan. But Bradley, you know, Bradley's had some really good games for the U.S. But I don't think Bradley's ever really taken over like like people wanted him to. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever really developed into you know that that not world class mid because he was ne- he never had that ceiling. But you know, a good European midfielder. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he was at Roma, but, I mean, it's not like he was starting every match at Roma either. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, you know, maybe if he'd stuck around, it would have helped his development. But, you know, he made his decision good for him. And, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, let's put it this way. He's a little late in his career to uh, start changing the way he plays or the way things happen. Right. There is one more thing that I think would be kind of interesting and somebody also mentioned. Um, somebody was like, why don't they just start playing like Tottenham? And I was thinking, okay, so you have Yedlin and um, uh, Fabian Johnson as your your fullbacks going forward in your in your Kyle Walker Danny Rose role. Okay, I can sort of see that. And you have Jeff Cameron and John Brooks in central defense who've looked very very good this tournament. Um, certainly, they weren't really at fault for the two Columbia goals. So okay, so I can see that. Um, Jermaine Jones as the Musa Dembele, okay. Bradley in the Eric Dyer role, mm. uh, okay, okay, maybe. And then just Dempsey in the Harry Kane role, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and, then, and then you have like guys like Bobby Wood and uh, and uh, uh, who am I thinking? I'm the, anyway, the point is playing that more high-pressing style because you have younger guys, fast guys, in Fabian Johnson and Zara, and uh, not Zardes, uh, Yedlin on the wings. It's it's a, a tactic that maybe not a whole lot of international clubs would be used to. I thought it was kind of interesting. There's no way in hell you can implement that now in the middle of a tournament, but I think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about with with the guys, with the personnel that Klinsman has under him. Hmm. Well, you know, you know, another thing is, <clears throat> here's my only detraction to that. Okay. As a Tottenham fan, how long has it taken, um, um, oh, God, your manager, I can see, is it Pochettino? Mopo? 
how long has it taken Pochettino to implement this and to get the players he wanted and get them in shape and get them firing the way he wanted eh, to? Yeah, just a couple years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's another thing. You know, a lot of times you see international international teams they're dumbed down a little bit. Yeah. You know, formation-wise, what they do, it's dumbed down because you don't spend nine months out of the year with these guys together, playing together all the time like a club does. Mm -hmm. So when you get them for, at best, six weeks, you know, you've got to have something there that you can hit the ground running and going on. I mean, now, if you have, let's say... Eight of your starting eleven. Well, let's say eight of your ten, because we're not really going to count the keeper here. Right. Let's say eight of your ten play that kind of, you know, that kind of formation and that kind of um, game on a regular basis. Well, maybe then you can implement it a little easier. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when guys aren't used to playing it, yeah, it's it's a great theory. And yeah, okay, if uh, you know, if Klinsman had three or four months with these guys to get them ready for a tournament. You know, hey, okay, let's give it a try. But I think, um, I, I truly think when they go in there, it's, hey, here's what we know. Here's what we've been working on. You know, we're not going to get too crazy and start asking you to do a lot of things that maybe you're not physically prepared for. Because that's the other thing. You know, you've seen it at Tottenham. You've seen it evolve. I'm hoping to see it evolve at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. If you want to play that heavy, high-pressing game, You've got to have guys who are conditioned to play that high pressing game. Yeah. And you don't get in shape in two weeks. No. <laughs> As you said, two years. Um, you know, I'm going on eight, nine months at this point, and, and Klopp's about to have three a days in, in August. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it's not just like, hey, let's do this. You know who says that? People who play a lot of FIFA. Yeah. Because you know what, Ed? In FIFA, I can play whatever I want with my national team. <laughs> not real. Yeah, that's true. So, no, it's a good point. I think I think with the personnel, I think it could actually work. But I think you're right with with the demands of an international tournament for a for a national team. I just it it wouldn't be feasible. Um, so that's what's going on. The United States next play on July 11th. I'm sorry. Did you have something else to add? No, no, um, <clears throat> Peru just about made it three now. Oh, my. Um, well, let's move on, and we should mention again, June 11th, United States-Paraguay, 19 o'clock. That's, is that, is that, <laughs> is that, is that, is that Greenwich Mean Time? If that's, no, I think that's EST, so that's uh, 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's 7 o'clock. <clears throat> 19 o'clock for well, those of you I, listening I in the stuff. barracks. Look, my mom's a nurse, my dad's a paramedic. I grew up going by military time, so... That was for you. They, they, they've always, on their professional lives, they always went by military time, so I, I grew up learning military time well. So. Nice. Well, um, Peru, as you mentioned, Wes, they almost just went up 3-0 on my TV. They're currently up 2-0, and with their 1-0 win they've already had against Haiti, uh, they are well on their way to advancing to the knockout stage. Uh, they would get to six points and top the group. Uh, Brazil, after their win tonight over Haiti, 7-1. Uh, a hat-trick by Felipe Coutinho. Uh, a brace from Renato Augusto. Uh, Gabriel 
with his uh, Gabriel Barbosa with his first goal, uh, in addition to a goal from Lucas Lima, ran roughshod over Haiti. Again, Brazil has four points. Peru at the live table right now has six, and with Ecuador just at one. Um, again, it's in one of the scenarios. Peru would absolutely move on. They would clinch, uh, and. Ecuador would have to then, uh, well, they'd have to beat Haiti by a lot and then hope Brazil loses to Peru by a decent amount to advance. Otherwise, how much do you think uh, Coutinho's PSG price tag just went up tonight? Just keeps going up. Just keeps... <sighs> that get... second offer just keeps going up. He's got to go get what we can. Uh, if, if he's leaving, I hope he scores 10 goals in this turn. That's all I can say. There you go. Um, the big Just talking... don't fight anyone, Philippe. The big... The no big... fighting almighty! We're not to Uruguay yet. The big talking point uh, so far in Group B, Wes, uh, is one you texted me about, which uh, I believe the text was Ecuador just got screwed. Uh, they had a what I look to be a clear goal against Brazil that uh, Alisson pretty much bungled into his own oh, net. Yeah, that was and and then it was disallowed because somehow someone saw that maybe the ball went over the goal line as it was being passed by the Ecuadorian into the net, which again, Alisson then put into his own goal. Um, with that, Ecuador would have actually won. And of course, then this entire table just gets flipped on its head um as right now ecuador would be on three points and brazil would also be on three well you know because uh you know the the line the linesman who was 50 yards across the field clearly saw it out even though there's no television camera that can prove that that ball went out of play it's not even close um which again says I'm a, I'm a little surprised there's not, you know, like they do in the Champions League, that there's not a uh, a guy on the uh, the touch line, the goal line there, like we saw in the Champions League final. But c'est la vie. Um, but, yeah, that was a terrible call. We haven't got that far yet. That's true. That was a terrible call, though. Yeah, it was. And, um, and with what's happening to Ecuador right now, um, they look to be crashing out. Mm-hmm. And um, it will always be a case of what if. Yeah, because Brazil, uh, Brazil, Ecuador was both of our picks uh, to advance from Group B in uh, Copa America, and it does not at this moment, 25 minutes into Peru, Ecuador, it does not look like that is going to be in the case. Uh, Peru is going to need a, or sorry, Ecuador is going to need a hell of a lot of help, um, and Peru, you know what? This this could actually be good for the U.S. men's national team, West, because if Peru. You know, manages to get at least a draw against Brazil in their final on June 12th, and the United States most likely finishes second. I don't see them overtaking Colombia. Uh, that that's who the United States would play in the knockout stage, so they would actually kind of avoid Brazil. <laughs> Which, well, I'll tell you the way uh, the way Peru are flying right now. Yeah. Uh, the home of Paddington Bear. Yes. Mm. Literally the only thing I know about Peru that they. Uh, Apparently produced some ex- exquisite cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of cocaine, we go to Group C, where Mexico and Venezuela are both atop the group. Oh, nice. Thank you. Where Mexico and Venezuela both top the group with three points. Mexico, uh, in one of, I think, the, the marquee matches of the opening round, Mexico three, Uruguay one. Uh, it was an 
opening own goal by Alvaro Pereira headed into his own net uh, that gave Mexico a 1-0 lead. Uh, Diego Godin leveled things up for Uruguay in the 74th, but then Rafael Marquez gave Mexico back the lead before Hector Herrera closed it out in the 92nd minute to give Mexico a 3-1 lead. Yep. Have you gotten? Have you forgotten Hector Herrera's new title? What is that? He is linked with Liverpool, Hector Herrera. Oh, of course he is. <laughs> because you know that's a title that gets thrown around pretty easy. It's kind of like getting an MBE in England these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Well, all you have to do is literally be competent at your job, and Liverpool are commanded. Uh, Josef Martinez was the winner in the Venezuela Jamaica match. He scored for Venezuela in the 15th minute. To, to give Venezuela a 1-0 lead that sets them atop the group. Uh, Uruguay-Venezuela still to come as Uruguay tries to save their spot. Mexico versus Jamaica. Mexico looking to punch their ticket in the knockout stage with a win against the Jamaica boys before the next couple matches. So, Wes, uh, Mexico firmly putting their stamp on this tournament, and Uruguay just don't look like they have the offensive firepower without their talismanic Luis Suarez and uh, with just the drying husk of Edison Cavani. Well, I mean, that said, you know, Mexico... Mexico's good. Mexico's suddenly looking to be... Well, they're definitely the best North American team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mexico are kind of a... I mean, they're a dark horse if some things fall their way. I could see Mexico maybe lifting that trophy at the end. Um, so I wouldn't totally mark out Uruguay. If Uruguay <laughs> could just find a way to get through, apparently if they get the knockouts, they would get Suarez back. Hmm. So, um, eh, you know, and, you know, I could almost see, you know, a guy like Suarez, you know, if, if they got to the third group stage match and it was do or die, you know, you could see Suarez maybe coming on for 20 minutes. Okay. And being amazing. <laughs> of course he is, because that's what he does. Um, so we'll see if that happens. And finally, Group D, uh, Argentina led off in a replay of the finals from last year's Copa America against Chile with a 2-1 win. They turned the tables. Angel, Di Maria, and Evar, excuse me, Avar. Benega with goals for Argentina just eight minutes apart. Chile got one back at the death by Jose Pedro Fuenzalida in the 93rd minute uh, to give them a consolation goal. Panama beat Bolivia by the same score, 2-1. Blas Perez with a brace, uh, sandwiched a goal from Bolivia by Juan Carlos Arce. Uh, Both Argentina and Panama have three points. Bolivia and Chile still with zero but uh, Chile gets Bolivia, Argentina gets Panama next. Uh, Chile, still definitely a chance to advance in the Group West. And uh, Argentina proving that they have something beyond Lionel Messi. Well, uh, first Chile, obviously. I mean, that was you know, that was the marquee matchup of the first round of, the first, um, mm-hmm. round of games of this tournament. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone was going to come out of there with either a draw or a loss. So, I don't think that's a problem. I think Chile definitely bounces back and probably advanced with six points. Um, As for Argentina, the whole Messi factor is literally like the most overblown thing in this tournament. (laughs) Because, I mean, if there is one team who who, who has the talent to go around um, to maybe be able to get by without having a Leo Messi, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously it's not Barcelona. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, it is definitely, you know, Argentina. I mean, when you can start Gonzalo Higuain and then for the last 25 minutes bring on the king. He's not bad. And then you don't even play Paolo Dybala, who's one of the hottest um, strikers in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. You didn't even play him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're okay. You're okay if Messi has to miss a few matches. Um, Argentina are so disgustingly loaded <laughs> in their back mm-hmm. that um, I mean, and, and that's why they've been such a disappointment not yes. winning these tournaments because my God, that attack is just filthy. Now, yes, I understand that you're having to play Sergio Ramos in, in goal, and that's not good. Sergio Romero, but it's close enough. Yeah, whoever, whichever. Yeah, that Romero. Guy. He, he's so bad, I don't even get his name right. Um, well, no, it's now Ramos is the other. Ramos is no God. I'm I'm losing it. They they've got the other uh, Manchester United player. Rojo, Rojo, Ro Rojo. Yeah, Rojo. Rojo. Yeah. Marcos Rojo. Yes. Him. And I mean, we know he sucks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, <laughs> they, ju- they just got to make sure that they score. Yes. And as long as they score a few goals a game, they're going to be fine. Hey, they also played Ramiro Funes Mori. Remember him, Wes? I do. Mm. What a dick. <laughs> what a dick. There you go. What? So that's how the uh, Copa America is doing. Oh, at- and excuse me, Ed, something I need to add. That's linked with Liverpool, Gonzalo Higuain. Of course it is. <laughs> because, you know, he's a good player, so we're linked. Oh. I don't know. Um, let's, let's talk about Euros, where basically every player is linked with Liverpool. The, you know, Wes, the, the World Cup. <laughs> we love the World Cup. We, we absolutely adore it. I almost wonder if I'm not, though, more excited for this Euro 2016 tournament. Like, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. If I'm not mistaken, this is the first time I think you've really been fully invested in Euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, oh, much, I, much more so than Euro 2012. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I think you're fully invested this year. Fully Euros invested. are great. And I'm going to tell you the truth. To me, sometimes Euros are maybe even a little better than the World Cup. None of none of that African and Asian riffraff. Exactly. You don't get the African core. You don't get the Asians. You don't get the crappy um, Hondurases of the world. Yeah. You know, um, you don't have to deal with those peasants from the United States. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we went further than England, <laughs> but we digress. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eng- England Jr. Yes. Um, <laughs> little England. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just such... Now, this year they've expanded it a little more, so mm-hmm. you kind of lose that mm-hmm. a little bit. You kind of lose the, uh, the, the, the just all these um, immensely talented teams being packed in. But, I mean, everybody who's there is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's there has players that you've heard of, and that's always fun. <laughs> well, and I think, like, the, the addition of these couple teams is made for some great storylines, like Wales getting in, Northern Ireland getting in. Well, Northern Ireland sucks, but, you know, Wales brings Bale and, of course, uh, the magisterial Joel. And, of course, Ben Davis. <sighs> Tottenham's own Ben Davis. And Danny Ward, Liverpool's backup goalkeeper. Oh, yes. Awesome. All right. Well, now that we have gotten you all proper excited, uh, let's let's uh, 
go group by group. We'll make our picks just like we did for Copa America. Uh, this one is going to be a little bit harder because, as Wes mentioned, with the expansion, there are six groups of four teams each. Um, the top two teams in every group are guaranteed to go through, mm-hmm. and then the four best third-place teams also will go through. So two third-place teams will not for will. Um, so we'll still pick... What we're going to do, Wes, is I think we're going to pick... Um, just We're just going to pick the, the group, uh, the two top teams from each group. And we'll just not worry about the third place teams. How does that sound? Well, I might have to worry about one of my third place teams. But yeah. <laughs> okay, I understand. We'll, we'll make note. Um, all right, let's start with Group A. Uh, the host country, France, will be getting things started uh, this Friday against Romania. Also in this group are Albania and Switzerland. Um, I, I think Albania, it's very cool that they're there. I, I don't see a way... Unless they just collapse, I don't see a way Switzerland doesn't go through. So I think I think the top two are France, Switzerland here. Um, well, you know, definitely France being the um, the host team. I'm gonna tell you, up until about the last six weeks, I had a really, really, really good feeling about France. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm then everybody had, started dying. Well, I, I kind of had some. Well, yeah, we can't joke about that. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. Um, I, you just made one of my bad jokes. Sorry. Right. Anyway, um, that's later in this podcast. Yeah, sadly. Um, but yeah, I mean, France way too good not to go through home um, unless they can put in Nicholas Anelka and he can completely destroy all <laughs> team chemistry. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. France and Switzerland. Watch out for Albania. Though. I just okay. something about Albania. They're they're a little frightening. <laughs> yes, they are a little frightening. Oh well, we'll see. I I, I wouldn't mind seeing them. They 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 might go through and as the uh, third place team there. Uh, now Group B, Wes, he laying it all out in the line. England versus Russia, not not Cold War at all. Gets things started this Saturday. They're in the group along with Wales and Slovakia. That England Wales match is also going to be a lot of fun. Um, Wes, who who are you taking? Who are the top two teams in this group? It'll be like a rematch of the Home Nations Cup of old. Um, <laughs> real quick, I, I texted you earlier today. Yes, great texts. And we, we were done. Uh, I was listening to Talk Sport on the way home, and for a solid <laughs> hour, they, they pretended. They said, here's the deal. It's June 20th, which is uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday, June 20th. Uh, England had just played Slovakia. We're 40 minutes on. Uh, call in and give us the give us your uh, your take on how England did. Mm-hmm. And my God, the level of self hate and loathing <laughs> is positively two thousand one Boston Red Sox level. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow! You'll see that in a moment. Um, it is positively Bostonian. So you and I are quite used to it. Yes. Um, People far and wide, you know, some 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 are saying, oh, it was an uninspiring, we're going through, but it was uninspiring. I heard a lot of that. My favorite one was uh, Roy got fired after uh, the Russia <laughs> match, and then Gary Neville came on and got England through. Uh, I just, uh, you know, England did a fantastic job in qualifying for Euro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a team that is starting to maybe come together, which... You know, 
isn't always a very English thing to do. Very. Um, I think, but here's the deal. I think you've got a lot of guys on that team who have some continuity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have a, a big Tottenham and Liverpool contingency. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's always a good thing is to have guys from just a couple of teams make up the bulk of your squad because you're not trying to fit everyone together. I think if this group, England, are good enough to go through, they're good enough to win the group. So they should win it. They will win it. Uh, I'm going to give you a little shocker. I'm going to say Wales finished too. Ooh. Um, you I stole just, my thunder. Uh, I, th- I think the Bale effect is – I think Bale's going to have a really good tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see England going through on seven points. Uh, I see Wales going through on maybe five or six. Um, I'm not going to say who England are going to draw. It might be that it might be that Wales match, yeah. Um, which oh my god, that's going to be fantastic! I love the fact they get to work, but mm. um, yeah. So England, England, and Wales are my two going through. Yeah, that's who I was going to pick too, and I uh, I'm going to take I'm actually going to take Slovakia to finish third. I don't know if they're going to go through. I'm going to take Slovakia to finish third. So I just I don't trust this Russia team. I do not trust them at all. Um, groups. <laughs> Whenever you ever trust Russia, Group C. Ah, this this is going to be a fun one because if you thought Germany Poland in the qualifying rounds was great, oh oh now you get it in a group stage scenario. Uh, you have Germany, Ukraine, Poland, and Northern Ireland. I feel like poor little Northern Ireland is just going to get caught in the crossfire uh, and might not register a point this tournament. Unfortunately, not talk about Germany and Poland. Crossfire cannot be thrown out easily. Sorry. I'm just doing all the bad things tonight. Um, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Germany and Ukraine finish top two, Poland to finish third. What say you, Wes? All right, here's our first major disagreement. Okay, because I'm calling this to be a surprising finish. I think Poland's <coughs> gonna win. Really, Robert okay. Lewandowski. He's good. Uh, um, I'm putting my money on him to be the Golden Boot winner. Mm, okay. I think he's going to be the leading scorer of the tournament. I just think this is a this is a Poland team that's primed. They're young. They're talented. They're exciting. Um, I think they're primed to take that big step on the world stage right now. Okay. Another thing is, you know, they had that famous famous win in qualifying over Germany. Mm-hmm. First time Poland to beat them in a long time. Poland are one team in this world that are not afraid of Germany. Mm-hmm. You know, they've stood toe-to-toe with them. They understand, you know, yeah, they're Germany, but that doesn't mean we can't do something if we, you know, go out and play our best and, you know, put our best foot forward. Um, I think they're going to win the group. I really do. All right. Well, that match will be on June 16th. Uh, that will be the second match for each team. Poland opens with Northern Ireland and Germany gets Ukraine. So who are you taking second in the group then? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm completely giving up on Die Mannschaft of course. here. I mean, the Germans are going through. And the Germans are still definitely a threat to win this tournament. Um, so they're finishing second. Um, I just uh, I've got a feeling for the Polish. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with how many of them it takes to change a light bulb. Uh, got to get that swipe in there on them. All well, right. Well, that brings us to Group D then. Uh, the former three-time uh, global tournament champions, Spain, uh, the Czech Republic, Turkey, and Croatia. I am going to take Croatia and Spain in that order, West Bradshaw. All right. Are you now ready for my shock of the tournament? 
Oh, oh, I was I was already bracing myself in Group C. Now we get a bigger one. The Spanish will not go through. Wow. I mean, one nil to Georgia. That wasn't good. That and was... we're not talking Todd Gurley and the Bulldogs here. <clears throat> was very bad. We're talking a much less athletic Georgia. <laughs> um, Spain are smack dab in the middle of this uh, switchover. For some reason, Vicente Del Bosque will not name David De Gea as his starting goalkeeper. Why would you? I mean, it, it, there is so much turmoil going on in that Spain squad right now. I think they're failing to qualify. I'm picking the Czech Republic and Turkey to go through. All right, so this is the first time we've completely disagreed. West Bradshaw is uh, bringing the thunder tonight. Ed. Oh, I love it! I love it. Uh, let's go to Group E. I think that can I contain my actual pick to win this tournament. Um, we're not going to go there tonight. Uh, but Belgium, Italy, Ireland, and Sweden. Oh, Zlatan! Oh, Zlatan! Save us from the doldrums. Oh, Wes, who's going through from Group E? Belgium's winning the group. Italy's going to finish second. I think Sweden are going to get one of those uh, third-place wild cards, though. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Belgium are... We know they're ultra-talented. Mm -hmm. um, they're coming around at the right time. I'm going to tell you, if Sweden had a little more firepower behind Zlatan, I would totally pick them to finish second because I am not high on the Italians going into this tournament. Mm -hmm. um, I just think there are way too many questions with them. Uh, chief among them, who the hell is going to score their goals? That is a big question. Um, but I think they'll slide their way into second place. Um Sweden third, and I could see those two switching places. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Zlatan will survive to knockout round. And um, as he says, he is Zlatan. Who the hell are you? Well, who the hell is he? He's the, on the team that's I'm picking to finish second. I'm going to take Belgium and Sweden. I just, okay. God, I really don't like this Italy team at all. Um, and Ireland, you're a nice story. I'm glad to have you here. We'll get a pint at the pub, but that's about it. Sorry. That's called uh, that's called an, uh, an eye opener. Yes. Because um, you're drunk, you Irish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Group F, uh, the final group: Portugal, Iceland, Austria, and Hungary. Uh, who are you taking, Wes? I'm taking Austria to win the group. Okay. Uh, Portugal to finish second. Iceland to uh, Iceland to come third. All right, uh, I'm going to take, yeah, I'm going to go with that too. I'm going to take Austria, and I'm going to, God, no, no, no. You know what? I'm going to take Iceland. I'm going to take Iceland to finish second. Is it fighting goofies? I'm going to take goofies, and I'm going to take Iceland. I'm going to say Portugal. Portugal is going to nab one of those other third-place slots, and I think they're going to go through, but only just. Um, so... Uh we have, a decent, right. we have a decent amount of discrepancies. Always good to see. And yeah. we'll be uh, keeping you guys posted. This is going to be again. Well, like I'll tell you, I, I love Euro. And I just, um, 
I think outside of those maybe first two groups where we're kind of going chalk with them, mm-hmm. um, I just I think there's so many teams in there this year that A, are not fully formed, mm-hmm. and B, um, are good enough to mess with people. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get some real shock results, and that's why I think uh, I think you're going to see some crazy things happen um, happen in the tables. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, and please enjoy uh, coverage provided by ESPN and EN Doc back in your lives. Um, the only reason to watch ESPN. it it sort of is. Um, Wes, let us hit now news and uh, real quick. Just give me who's who do you think is going to win Euro twenty sixteen. I've been saying France. I hate the fact that they didn't take Benzema. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Germans are in a position to win it this year. My God, the Belgians are... Hey. The, the Belgians might be the best team right now. Are you eating the Belgian chocolate with me? Oh, I may be. But I, I'm throwing this out here too, and I'm not saying this because I like them or I love them or want some more of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, if things break right, oh. and boy, and Roy does not ruin this team You're by... starting to believe. If Roy will not play Wayne Rooney and will play Deli Ali where he's supposed to be, mm-hmm. England have a chance. There you go. Yes. They have a chance. It all, but, but, there's the thing, they have a chance. But it's not going to happen because Roy is going to insist on playing his beloved Waza, who can't fucking move, can't fucking play holding mid, but he's going to try to do something stupid with him. You watch. You watch. It's either going to be at the detriment of one of your Spurs boys, either Eric Dyer or Deli Ali, mm-hmm. that we're going to have a tournament of Wayne Rooney being unable to jog more than about 10 yards, and and that's that's what's going to fucking run <coughs> up. Yeah. If Roy will just go with the young, dynamic kids that were, you know, between Harry Kane and uh, Dele Ali, they scored like 50 fucking goals this year. Please, Roy, don't. God, that's a problem. Anyone other than Roy Hodgson, Jesus Christ, where's Harry Redknapp when I need him in my life? <laughs> Where the hell is this. Alan Pardew? Oh. Well, you know you... what, Ed? June 20th, here's what happened. Uh, Roy got fired after the uh, after the Russia match, and instead of going to Gary Neville, by God, they just got Klopp. There you are, by the way, we are tied in Glendale. Mm. Mm. That's it. Klopp's coming in and saving England. There you go. There you go. Klopp, Sacrifice. Klopp him. and his assistant Steven Gerrard. <laughs> A man can dream. I love hearing that. I, I and I really do think. I think England's gonna do something good this tournament. I really think they are. So let's let's just see if it happens. Twenty years ago, after that magical '96 run, can they repeat it? Ah, uh, Wes, let us now hit the news and notes. Um, right, we're gonna shorten this real quick. Uh, give me one sentence reactions to the following two signing or the following three signings. Uh, first. Maybe one of multiple Dortmund players to move to Manchester City. They're not moving just to Bayern anymore. They're moving to Manchester City. One we definitely know is Ilke Gundogan. Your one-sentence reaction to Ilke Gundogan to City. He's always hurt. That makes me happy. I mean, I like the guy. He's fantastic talent. Mm -hmm. He's always hurt. 
So he'll fit in very well. Yeah, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Him and company are going to be BFFs. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a four-year deal. Uh, also, on the other side of Manchester, uh, Jose Mourinho makes his first uh, signing as manager of the Red Devils. He brings on Eric Bayai from Villarreal, a good starter from them. 22-year-old also coming on a four-year deal to Manchester United. Uh, th- what are your thoughts on the young central defender, Wes Bradshaw? Uh, some things in this world I completely trust Josie Mourinho and uh, young defensive players are a big one mm-hmm. um, I think he'll he'll be fantastic maybe not right away but um, it's a good sign okay and the final one oh we go from Manchester and we take about 30 kilometer drive I think down the road down to Goodison Park where a new man is installed after Spanish Bob it's now Dutch Ron? Sure, let's call him Dutch Ron. Ronald Koeman making the move from Southampton to Everton to become the new manager at Goodison. Uh, And we have our new story. How is Southampton going to rebound from this this year? Uh, But Wes, this is, I think, a huge kit for Everton. Uh, I'm not... I'm truly not totally sold on Koeman. Okay. Um... And that's nothing against him. I mean, he might be really good, but I think Southampton, much like with their players, Southampton have a way of making people look sometimes better than they are. Okay. I mean, if you think about Kuman, I mean, he came in, you know, now, yeah, they were selling players, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, Pochettino had put an amazing infrastructure in place with that, with that squad. Mm-hmm. And Kuman just kind of walked in the door, and I mean, to me, Kuman never really put a stamp on Southampton. I just think he didn't screw up what Pochettino had done. Okay. Um, so I I want to <clears throat> see what he's got to do. I want to see what he does when um, when things aren't kind of set up for him when he goes in, because if anything, nothing is set up at Everton. Yeah, he'll have money. Well, but well, but the thing is. Everybody has money now. That's true. That's that's a very good point. As was mentioned by a couple Saints higher ups, you know, and they 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 weren't, I think, very happy with him moving to Everton. I thought they had him locked up, and and uh, that is not to be the case. Coleman leaving it with one year left on his deal with the Saints to go to Everton. Um, one quick note: uh, we do have a a final on the Eva. Carniero uh, saga with Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Chelsea Physio. Yes, Lady Physio. We love you. Supporting you all the way. Um, Chelsea Football Club uh, put out a statement saying that they were, quote, pleased to announce that they have reached an agreement with Dr. Carniero, which brings her employment tribunal proceedings against the club and Jose Mourinho to an end. The club regrets the circumstances which led to Dr. Carniero leaving the club and apologizes unreservedly to her and her family for the distress caused. Um, what I have to... <laughs> I love the last line here. Josie Mourinho also thanks Dr. Carniero for the excellent and dedicated support she provided as first team doctor, and he wishes her a successful career. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. How does she end up at Man United go? Uh, no, like 30 to 1. <laughs> That's not happening. Josie says, I take your numbers and I turn them against you. Uh, good for you. I, I hope she got paid a fat check. 
I hope she got paid super well. It is enough to take Josie Bus. <clears throat> yeah. Um, news coming out. Uh, we've we've heard of one American owner trying to get out. That's Randy Lerner with Aston Villa. One American club has taken over. Or sorry, one American group has taken over a Premier Club, and that is Swansea. Uh, they are getting into it with uh, Jason Livian and Steve Kaplan, who are uh, the general manager partners of uh, Major League Soccer's DC United. Uh, they've bought, uh, or the group they're with has bought a 60% st- uh, stake in the club. Uh, the Swansea City Supporters Trust uh, gets to keep its 21.1% stake, which is great. Um, <clears throat> so nothing happened to them. Levian is the managing general partner of DC United, as you mentioned, while Kaplan is principal of Oak Tree Capital Investment Fund and vice chairman of NBA franchise Memphis Grizzlies. This according to a report by the BBC. Uh, Wes, I think this is uh, pretty interesting. The, it's Their shares are worth about $100 million. Uh, pounds, that's how much 60% of the club is, 100 million pounds for Swansea. Um, we, we've seen some good sides to this, sort of. I, I think you might qualify as good uh, what the Henrys have done with Liverpool. We've seen the bad, as we've talked about in recent weeks with Lerner and Aston Villa. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see where Swansea goes on this, because again, it's, it's one of those that really could go either way. They could either go into a tailspin or they could get a little boost. Peru goal wiped off. I'm sorry, uh, what was that? I said Peru just had a goal wiped off. Oh no. Oh, this is a this game is getting, dare I say it, Ed, a wee bit chippy. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's lovely. Um, <coughs> uh, I, I'd say you know, buying into the Premier League these days, it's kind of the it thing to do mm-hmm. in America. Yes. And I mean, the reason being, I mean, it's, it's it's like the NFL. You can't help but make money here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, unless and that's you're Randy the, Lerner. Unless you're Randy Lerner. Well, I mean, now that said, don't think Randy Lerner hasn't made his money out of this either. That's true. Randy Lerner just, <coughs> Randy Lerner's just Randy Lerner. There's yeah. nothing else to really put about him. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's kind of like Everton. Well, hey, they'll get some money. Everybody's got money now. Mm-hmm. It, it is seriously no longer about how much money you have. It is it is totally, this sport now, especially in England, is totally coming down to scouting and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can have all the money you want. The ultra elite are still only going to a small handful of clubs. And you've got to be able to go out and find those next <laughs> level guys. Who you can bring in so it's coming down to scouting that's where a cash injection helps you now more than anything mm-hmm. is setting up your scouting department and getting good people in i mean look right now the biggest additions liverpool have made in the offseason to me have been um have been the nutritionist and the uh mm-hmm. conditioning coach from Bayern munich yes absolutely and and, and i'm saying that's that's what it's going to take right now because the margins are so thin, especially in the Premier League where everybody can play mm-hmm. except Aston Villa. <laughs> um, you know, it, it comes down to the small things. It comes down to conditioning and it comes down to player development now. So, uh, you know, for Swansea, I think Swansea have done a good job of understanding that. And, you know, they're not going to go out and just start throwing 
oh, let's just say 50 million pounds toward Manchester City for a fucking goalkeeper. Oh, why would they ever do that? Get you, get a grip, Everton. I mean, God, you're definitely new, new money, no doubt about that. New money um, knows new money. Yeah, shit. But um, you know that's the thing right now. So I, I mean, good for Swansea. If it if it, uh, if it helps uh, stabilize that club, then that's a good thing. All right. Um, and as we saw, they they did have a bit of a rough patch this year, but they were able to come out of it uh, intact, still in the Premier League. So that is going to do it for our soccer talk for the day. Uh, this is a weird week where a lot of stuff happened for our other big story of the week. So we're just going to go super quick for some of these. Um, I know we, we sort of vaguely hit it, at it earlier. Um, the Stanford rape case. Um, I literally have nothing to say on this except the guy's a fucking scumbag and people who are trying to defend him are fucking scumbags. Just shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Well, I think we've learned one thing from the Stanford rape case. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> because his <sighs> dad might be an even bigger freaking scumbag. It's, And you're saying that about a guy who raped a woman. And, and I might actually agree with you. I, well, hmm. I mean, I mean, here's the deal. You know, I have a son and a daughter. A, I mean, let's put A, and Lord knows I don't think my child would ever do this. He's, he's a good boy little dim but he's a good boy uh, I, think, I hope he's asleep and didn't hear that um, you know a, if he ever does something completely stupid let me start by saying that I will stand behind him as my son mm-hmm. but that does not mean I'm going to try to excuse it mm-hmm. and B if this happened to my daughter and this guy came out and said this mm-hmm. um the next time someone rings your doorbell, it's going to be me. And when you open the door, I'm going to crush your face with my fist. Yeah, that's an appropriate reaction. I mean, that literally, and you know me, Ed, I'm, I'm not about this PC sensitivity crap. Mm-hmm. But for someone to sit there and say that, um, does this really warrant for 20 minutes of action? God, that's so bad. That's someone's daughter, you son of a bitch. Yeah. You, oh, my God. God, if that was my daughter, I would be crushing his face with a damn brick. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, my nice. God, you know, please, please publicly crucify that man just mm-hmm. for just for what he said. You know, and like I said, I'm not a big I'm not one of those people who has a big problem with someone expressing their opinion. Mm-hmm. But when it's that horribly callous. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's. That's not the same level as what his son did to the girl. No. But that that's about as bad a thing as you can actually say. Yeah, just don't ever don't ever try just, to justify rape, please. I mean, no, no, there is no justification for rape. Yeah, you know, and I, I saw I saw something that uh you know, Facebook you see so much crap on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a checklist. It said uh, it said which of these are responsible for rape? Um, short skirts. <laughs> no. No. Acting like you, quote, wanted. No. No. Getting drunk and passing out. No. Rapists. Yes. Yeah. There's one person that rape, that is responsible for rape, and that is the person who decides to rape someone. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's uh, that, that's about all I've got to say about that. You know, we, we've had our fun with rape. That mm-hmm. sounds bad, but that's more an Oz joke. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's cool on Oz because it's fictional. 
Yeah, it's cool on us because, you know, we get to make fun of Rick Fox. But, yeah. you know, this is this is a real person who, yeah. you know, while while your your delicate son has to spend six whole months in, 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 in basically county jail because how dare they couldn't send him to prison by any means. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a girl who has to go for the rest of her life with a rape. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she doesn't get six months and then is done with it. It's, you know, it's the rest of her life. So Yeah, just just Whatever. disgusting. And other people coming out to defend this guy, too. You just just stop. I don't care you, if you're his, you, you're his you, childhood you, you friend. Will, you will frat fuckers get over it. Well, there was, like, one of his, like, childhood friends who's a female. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. How? How, if you're a female, do you take this person's side? Anyway, we're, we're done. Um... Here's another one where I think we might also be slightly outraged on this. Not nearly to the same level, but I think I think this deserves a little bit of outrage. Uh, we reported earlier about uh, Maria Sharapova's failed drug test and her getting banned for uh, doping. And I think we threw around dates. I think we threw out uh, how long she might be suspended, Wes. I think we threw out three months, maybe six months, something like that. Well, it came out today. Two years. Two years when when the when the board the uh, the three person panel who who decided on this claims that that sh- they know that she was not trying to use it to get an unfair advantage and that she did it unknowingly even with that even the 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 they say that and and even with all that they say two years first violation two years and i mean this is something that helps this girl like control diabetes I mean, we're not talking about taking fucking ephedrine here or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for you, for you late nineties, uh, <laughs> out there like myself, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about something like that. Oh, I'd say they're just, there, there are some things in the world and, and quote, sporting governing bodies are just, they're so high up there of just ridiculousness. By I, God, let someone rape someone, they get six months. Yeah, I just... Garapova basically got a worse sentence than the rape guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Remember, yeah. kids, if you're going to do something, rape a woman. Don't do yeah. drugs. Oh, excuse me. But only rape that woman if you're a white guy. Yeah, if she, you're a black she, guy, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked if you're black or Mexican. Yeah, like you're laughing, but that's the truth. You're a white guy, eh, six months, three for good behavior. You're black or, or, or any sort of minority. You're fucked. Well, let's even let's even throw it a little this way. Let's give let's give some white people a few things. It, it more helps if you're a, a white frat guy at Stanford. Yeah, or, or at any or at any sort of Ivy League level school. Yeah, unless you play lacrosse at Duke, and then you're crucified before any evidence ever comes out. Yeah. Like, like and that that's was... the thing. Like, and, and that's the thing. The Duke lacrosse guys got worse sentences for not doing anything. It seems like. Yeah. Well, they they did something. They just didn't do what the the accuser said they did, and they didn't rape her. <laughs> oh Jesus! I I told you I I when well, I didn't tell you because this was well before I knew you. But I said to people, I said this is going to be something. This and I know we talked about the reporting on the 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 Virginia rape case. And how all the holes got poked in that one. It's like, why do you keep doing this? You're just, you're setting back how we deal with rape culture. 
like back 10 years. Like every time something like this happens, this is this is the result. And I just, oh my God. Anyway. anyway uh, Maria Sharapova, yeah. It sucks, girl, because I love you. Yeah. The, the tennis world you're, is. You're six feet tall. You're blonde. You look like a freaking supermodel. I love you. And because of this, I will watch 100% less tennis than I already watch. How much women's tennis did you watch? Um, I watch her highlights every now and then. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, I'm, done the, I'm done with the highlights. Speaking of bannings, um, and hopefully hers will get reversed as she is appealing it, someone who got theirs reversed was Ariel Helwani, the MMA reporter who was banned from UFC coverage by Dana White, banned from all events, banned from ever getting a credential again because he he went ahead and got the scoop on a few things like Brock Lesnar coming back for a, a UFC fight Oh no, he spoiled it early. Oh, he spoiled uh, UFC's announcement of it. Oh no, ban, just, just straight ban. Like, <laughs> I know we can joke about this one, and also because Ariel Hawani has been restored, he can now go go back to covering MMA. Because as 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 I believe the UFC organization found out, if you ban a guy for just doing his job. The public doesn't take too kindly to that. Let's see, I, I happened. Ariel Helwani was actually on. Um, I want to say he was on Stone Cold's podcast a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard this guy. I mean, I like Ariel Helwani. He's you know really smart, really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, here, here's the deal. He's a really good reporter. Yeah, he did his I mean, job. He's, he's not just. He's not like a punk <laughs> who sucks and talks shit about you. He's really good. He's talks really well. And really publicizes the product. So, you know, I mean, just because one thing got out that maybe you didn't, that maybe you wanted to hold down for another hour, hmm. you know, that, ooh, yeah, that was a quick overreaction. But uh, just as quickly, you know, UFC, they are, they are pretty savvy when it comes to the media. Um, well, everybody but Dana White is. <laughs> they, they quickly, as you said, they have quickly restored him. Yeah, well, and I think this one mentioned in an article here, this Twitter post that uh, Ariel Helwani posted on December 29th. He goes, as of now, talk is a couple big fights for March 5th, but nothing finalized just yet. Hopefully by this weekend. Until then, peace and love. To which Dana White responded. Dana White, for those of you who do not know, is charge of the UFC, the head man, said, uh, at Ariel Helwani, you are full of shit and guilty of clickbaiting too. That's the maturity level we're dealing with here. <laughs> See, I, I, I like Dana White overall, but Dana White, let's put it this way. Dana White will tell you that one of his biggest influences was Vince McMahon. <sighs> now that's it. Now that's it. Dana White is a promoter. You, know, you don't get much better in the promotion game than Vince McMahon. So That's true. But, but that said, promoting... And that's, I mean, now that's the whole thing. And I mean, the guy's a promoter. You know, one of the biggest parts of promoting is is um, creating controversy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he did it. <laughs> and Dana does it very well. Mm-hmm. I think Dana's an extremely intelligent individual. And he knows what he's doing most of the time. I think they just, uh, they, they might have gone a little too far on this one. Just a little bit. A little too far. All right, for our final uh, other big story, um, we did college world series regionals last week so let's go ahead and pick super regionals although if something's got to get cut this is probably what's getting cut from the podcast no this is not getting cut by any means 
<laughs> oh, are you going to edit this podcast? No, there will at least be one sentence that remains in there. Let's start in the Charlottesville Regional. Oh, clever. Clever. Where someone was extremely right. Yeah, you were extremely And that right. was Wes Bradshaw, who said, I might be doing this because I'm a homer, but I really think the East Carolina Pirates can shock the world and win the Charlottesville Regional. You mean the team that had already beaten Virginia two out of three times this year? We win as the three seed. Oh, wow. Bryant was the two. Oh, the best team from above the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, that doesn't really say a lot this year. That's no, like saying the best team west of the Mississippi. No, it doesn't, but still. All right. Um, so just to recap, uh, we both took Florida. They advanced. We both took Florida State. They advanced. We both took Coastal Carolina. It was a little dicey there for a second. But thanks to NC State, they advanced. Um, thanks to thanks to good old hashtag NC State shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we both took LSU. They advanced. Uh, I took Texas Tech. They advanced. Uh, you took East Carolina. They advanced. Uh, we both took no. You took Arizona State. I took ECU or TCU. Excuse me, TCU advanced. Uh, we both took Texas A&M. Got that right. Uh, we both took Louisville. Uh, they advanced. Uh, we both took Vanderbilt, and I guess we should take a moment to uh, to That's mention how terrible the uh, the Vanderbilt uh, and our, our hearts go out to them. They lost one of their own, uh, literally right before the regional started, um, and and how they were even able to take the field, I think, is a is a miracle. You know, take a, take away how badly they lost, especially in game one, yeah. doesn't matter. They that was. Crazy. I mean, that, yeah, you can't you can't throw anything against Vanderbilt right now. No. Just a horrible situation. Had a, had a freshman pitcher on their team, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, drowned Thursday night. Yeah, in a fishing accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, just extremely sad. You know, so Vanderbilt. It, I don't know if 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 they had won a game, it would have been the miracle of miracles the way that went mm-hmm. down. So yeah. Um, so moving on, uh, uh, I believe we both picked the hurricanes. I was, I was going to get to that one. That's, that's the last, last team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, You're moving on to that. Yeah. We both took South Carolina. They advanced. Uh, we both took Clemson. They Clemson. So Oklahoma state advanced, uh, Mississippi oh. state. We both took them. Uh, we both, uh, I took Sam Houston state. Uh, you took La Lafayette. Both of them did not make it. It's the only one we've both gotten wrong, I believe. Uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, one of only two we both missed. Uh, Arizona goes through there. And then, as you said, yes, Miami goes through. We both picked them. But Boston College comes out of Oxford. So, really, Wes, they're the best team north of the Mason-Dixon line. Yeah, good point. You're right about that. Um, and uh, of, of all the ACC teams to advance and all the ACC teams to lose, did anyone think we'd be missing – well, did anyone really nationally think uh, after after the regional weekend we'd be missing Virginia, NC State, and Clemson, but Boston College would still be alive? Boston College, the team that went one and out in the ACC tournament. <sighs> but still got in over the Tar Heels. Well, they finished higher than the Tar Heels, so there you go. <laughs> and uh, and my, my favorite stat to point out, I believe uh, – Six teams from the state of North Carolina got invites, and there is only one left. <sighs> well, let's do supers now. Uh, let's do the Florida re- super regional, Florida State, Florida. I imagine we're both taking Florida here. 
Yeah, I kind of hope the stadium opens and swallows them both. Oh. But yeah, I'll take the Gators. Even though, you know, hey, this is a, I'll tell you, this could be a hell of a Super Regional. Sure. I mean, this were two teams that in April, as late as April, were both ranked in the top five in the country. Hmm? You know, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take the Gators based on home field and based on the fact that uh, Florida State loves to choke mm-hmm. in June. Hey, it's big, big baseball in Florida. Uh, Baton Rouge, we go. LSU versus Coastal Carolina. I'm taking LSU because of reasons. Uh, who are you taking? I'm taking LSU because, I mean, they're LSU and it's Baton Rouge. All right. Uh, Even though Coastal Carolina, you do hold a special place in my heart for beating NC State in one of the most painful ways possible. It was bad. One strike away, then hit by pitch, and then it all went cray. Uh, let's go to Lubbock, Texas Tech versus Carolina. Do I even have to ask? No, um, absolutely no doubt. Pirates are heading to Omaha for the first time ever. It will also be in, it will mark the first time ever that East Carolina will play Super Regional game, and West Bradshaw will not be in attendance. Sorry, 1000 bucks for playing tickets to Lubbock. Not happening. Wow. That, okay. Yeah. I, mm, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seriously, very, very much so. Raleigh to Lubbock uh, in less than a week. Those are really expensive tickets. Um, let's stay in Texas and go to College Station. TCU versus Texas A&M. Isn't that a rematch? Is that a rematch from last year? I would have to look it up. I'll, I'll look it up yeah, real don't quick. Worry about it. Um, I'll take uh, I'll take A and M. I think A and M are absolutely uh, prime for a big big run. Um, I'm going to take A and M too. I really want to take TCU, but I'm going to take A and M. I think last year TCU went and beat them in College Station. Um, I'm going to keep looking that up while we go to the next one here, which is the Louisville Regional, which is now Louisville versus USC Santa Barbara. Is there any chance? For the Gauchos, um, I don't think so. After what we saw from Louisville in this past uh, regional, um, I think Louisville right now Louisville could be your odds-on favorite to win the whole thing. Yeah, because right, I definitely also think you have to see how things shake out. They might be in the easier part part of the bracket, quote unquote. I think they are. So I think they might get to avoid East Carolina. <laughs> I uh, think they would not avoid these losses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, South Carolina versus Oklahoma State. Um, I, I assume you're going with the SEC school. I'll take South Carolina. My question: I wonder, did Oklahoma State just stay in stay in South Carolina for the week? I would imagine they would. I mean, that that seems like it would be cheaper to just try to get yeah. hotel rooms for the week than fly. Because we know how expensive it is to fly west now. Jesus Christ, yes. You don't want to do that. Uh, but uh, interestingly, yes, second straight weekend in, uh, in the great state of South Carolina. Uh, but I'm going to take the Gamecocks. Uh, home field advantage and also the, uh, the uh, experience factor. Oh, you were right. Uh, TCU Texas A&M is a rematch. It went to three games last year. That was the one that ended in the 16th inning in Game Three last year. Yes, I think. You are absolutely spot on with that. Uh, two, two, two extra inning games in that regional. Mm-hmm. Um, Starkville Mississippi State versus Arizona. <sighs> you know, I'm gonna call the upset here. I'm gonna say uh, Arizona. Uh, you know, feeling really good coming out of that. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette Regional. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Arizona is going to spring the upset on Mississippi State. It's going to be a be a rough uh, rough couple weeks for uh, our Mississippi teams. I think Mississippi State had a really good regional to get out of, so I'm going to give I'm going to give them some credit, and I'm going to go ahead and keep picking the Bulldogs there. there you go. And uh, let's go to Coral Gables. Wes, go ahead and just throw you just, yeah. I, I, my U is thrown up as we speak. I, my U and my ECU both in. They're going to play for the national title. I'm not going to know what to do. I will absolutely pull for the Pirates. <laughs> so you you picked four SEC teams to go. Uh, I picked one, two, three, four, five. You homer. Yeah, I'm the SEC homer. <laughs> I forgot. So I picked four SEC teams, two ACC teams, a uh, a uh, AAC team, and Pac-12. And a Pac-12 team. Did I pick a Pac-12 team? Arizona. Oh yeah, Arizona. I was gonna say, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me change my pick. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Pac-12 is garbage. <laughs> oh yeah, Arizona. I forgot about them. Uh, uh, yeah, Arizona, East Carolina are my two big upset picks. So let's. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Those games start on Friday. Uh, half the half the super start on Friday. Half start on Saturday. Best two out of three. All right, Pirates what, play on Saturday night. West. Let. No, they don't. I, no, I'm sorry. Pirates play Friday night at eight. Yeah, yeah. Saturday because Saturday, Saturday. Sunday. I think they're like the noon game. No, we're the three game. Okay, three o'clock games. All right. Um, I guess I'm just a bigger AC fan than you are. Um, watch four. <laughs> watch four. Wes, what are you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? <sighs> are we talking about the Archer finale? Um. I'll talk a little bit about the Archer finale, but I've actually watched something else this week. Oh, please do tell then. I, I can't remember if I said that I was going to watch it. I've watched the first two parts of Roots. Yeah, I think you did, actually. You met, you mentioned it, yeah. I think, on Memorial Day week or something. Maybe I did mention that I was I recorded it, and I got to watch it. That's really good. And this is the new one, right? Yeah, this is the new one. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the young um african-american actors that we've seen a lot of stuff these days or is in it and it's it's really really good um you know i never i knew about the original one don't get me wrong i mean obviously lavar burton is god mm-hmm. um he's also <laughs> but uh you know never watched the first one but this has been just really really good um so i've been highly impressed with parts one and two of roots um next i get part three coming up maybe tomorrow night maybe thursday night i'll watch that okay and we'll see um oh my god well well i'll tell you what 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 do you want to add and then we'll we'll take a couple minutes and talk archer finale if i am i actually watching anything right now um you know what i, I actually you've been mentioning your weird little shows lately so. uh well i can go to another one it's not an anime <laughs> um but I, i'll tell you I, I just picked up a show because sci-fi just put out an app on the apple tv so now i can watch mm-hmm. sci-fi shows uh, i'm starting a show called the magicians um okay. I, i've heard some good things about it uh it's a little it seems to me, and I would have to confirm with one name, field producer Jackie, because she's read all the books. It seems a little like sort of more adult-focused Harry Potter. Like there's a lot of obviously magic going on, and there's like a college for magicians and stuff like that. Uh, and there seems to be a big bad evil guy who everybody's afraid of. So I, I'm curious. I've only seen the first episode, and so far there's only been one season. Uh, another season to come next year. 
Um, so only 13 episodes to catch up on. But through one episode, it's all right. Um, I felt like they tried to cram a two-hour pilot into one, and it shows because there's moments where I'm like, oh, oh that, that was a dramatic turn of oh. events that had nothing leading up to it. Okay, fine, fair enough. So I'm going to stick with it, though. It has a good premise, so hopefully... Uh, we'll see how The Magicians does uh, in the long run of 13 episodes. So now, Wes! So, so, shall I begin our Archer finale by telling everyone uh, my beach story? Sure. How, uh, um, so we went to the beach for Memorial Day, and uh, we went to the pool, I believe, on Sunday. We spent the whole day at the pool. Mm-hmm. And um, when we went out there, there was, a, there was an older guy <laughs> who kept yelling at his kid in the... Uh, in the um in the pool and the kid's name was uh sterling <laughs> uh, or no 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 never mind. no the kid's name was archer oh it was archer it was Archer. i thought yeah. you texted me with sterling yeah maybe it was sterling i think it was sterling because every time he would say sterling i was like god damn it sterling <laughs> <laughs> and, and i thought i was just like saying this out loud to myself but then this guy who was um, sitting a few chairs down from me just started dying laughing after he heard me say it once. <laughs> and then he just yelled, Lana! <laughs> so, uh, you know, good times. Holy People, God. don't name your damn kid after Archer. Come no, on. No, really, that's just stupid. <laughs> or Magnificent, either or. Yeah. Um, God almighty, the... It, it all looked like it was... The, the finale for Archer, it looked like it was all coming together and it... You know, at the end of the day, okay, it was going to work out for the game. And then that damn robot went crazy when he proposed to Lana. I know. And we were sitting there going, oh, my God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's not good because that means the real archer is dead? That's the thing. Now, now just remember, um, another season is definitely already being green-lighted. Yeah. I think another two seasons have been green-lighted, if I'm not mistaken. Um. So Ed, let's do something. We don't usually do this, but let's let's uh let's do some predictions. What what do you think is going to come of this? Uh, I, uh, now, I, I, I uh, disclaimer: our predictions are sure to be wrong. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, but that's the fun of something like archers. You can just throw these out there. Uh, I I gotta believe Krieger can just create another archer robot, and and somehow he's gonna be. Lana's actually going to fall in love with this archer. Like something's going to be slightly off in his programming or whatever bullshit. And and this archer is actually going to be like sort of a good guy. And then we're going to find out that like the KGB stole archer's body and brought him back to life or something. And that the real archer is actually still out there. I'm, I'm going to be kind of on with yours, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a twist. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that Krieger is actually going to take Archer, the actual Archer's body and that he's going to find just enough of a spark in there. Uh, and then Archer's worst nightmare is going to come true that he's going to wake up out of this coma oh, he's gonna and suddenly he's going to, he's going to be a cyborg. <sighs> Which, I mean, literally, could anything worse happen to Archer than waking up being a cyborg? Barry! <laughs> he, he's going to be Barry. He's going to be a mixture of Barry and Ray. Oh, my God. But, but I, I think there's going to be, like, I think he's going to be, like, part normal. Like, well, normal for Archer. Mm-hmm. And then part cyborg. And um, 
I think it's going to be just this amazing oh, running joke throughout dude, the season. You know what we're going to get? We're going to get the $6 million man. Well, see, Barry was the $6 million man, but now Archer gets to be the $6 million man. All he needs are, like, some totally picked out sweatsuits. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, either that or um, or I could I could also see, you know, maybe, maybe like, we don't see Archer for, like, half the season or something. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he just shows up like off of one of his little archer vacations. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, Krieger had another uh, clone in there. That was the other clone. I've, I've, I've been in Mexico with Veronica Dean the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty good. Because Veronica Dean would kill two of his and he'd still be like, so, uh, are we still going to Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, archer. Yeah, it's archer. I also it's do cool. love that we, we did not go a season without uh krieger getting his uh, an, another planet of the apes moment <laughs> you blew him up damn you out of hell krieger it's fantastic i love milkman krieger walking that was great. constable krieger was really good too oh uh and then i think just my favorite single moment of the episode was uh when archer lets his uh lets his clone out and then his clone says hold on a minute opens part of um of uh Cyril, yeah. Cyril farts in there and then closes it. Yeah. I just, I hope we have not seen the end of the Figus Agency. Oh, no, and their fantastic great. flyer. Oh, it... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I swear, if I can ever find a T-shirt that has that logo on it, oh, I would buy a Figus Agency T-shirt. Oh, so speaking of buying T-shirts, West Bradshaw, that's something they try to get you to do a lot in the WWE. <laughs> So please tell us what's going on in the world of So Raw. It is. We are now uh, fast approaching the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view mm-hmm. uh, coming up June 19th, uh, the day before England completely disappoints all their fans. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the road to Las Vegas. Mm. That's right. Money in the Bank going to be in Vegas. Going to have that big fight atmosphere. Um <clears throat> Right now, three, three. I'll throw in a fourth match right now that I think people are really, really anticipating. Um, first, the Money in the Bank ladder match, which is where we opened Raw this week. Uh, an interesting start to Raw. Um, it gave us a different look. If absolutely nothing else, it gave us a different look. Uh, right now, the six competitors in the in the ladder match were all in the ring, sitting atop of ladders. Oh, nice. As we did the opening uh, monologue promos of the night. Um, <laughs> there are two guys who literally, they could just go three hours. They could go three hours of Chris Jericho and Kevin <laughs> Owens arguing with each other. Yeah. And I would have zero problem and would never turn the channel. These guys are absolute <laughs> money on a microphone uh dean ambrose isn't quite on their level but dean ambrose is really good uh he had some good moments in this uh alberto del rio who is our uh our mexican national um you know he 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 does some really good stuff uh mixes in some spanish a little spanglish Mm -hmm. um he's good cesaro cesaro is swiss (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, he speaks English fine, but he's he's not the greatest um, promo in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, he makes up for it by being the Swiss Superman and just being like, you know, we want to talk about Archer being a cyborg. 
if there's one wrestler in this world who could be a cyborg, obviously besides John Cena, uh, Cesaro would be that guy. He's a, he's a freak, but not a great interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sami Zayn is just like the most white bread guy yeah. ever. But anyway, um, they had, they had, I thought they had some good promos. Like I said, Owens and Owens and Jericho just really make it go. If you get a chance, folks, go on YouTube, check out that opening segment. Just just listen to Jericho and Owens, if nothing else. Um, they're a lot of fun. Uh, so that match is coming up. One interesting thing about that match, when it was originally promoted a few weeks ago, they had seven silhouettes. Ooh. And, of course, as each one was filled, you know, through the qualifying matches, they would fill in a silhouette. Well, we got the six, and then we never saw the seventh silhouette again. Oh. So, um, you know, a couple of things. Uh, I've, I've heard I've heard a few different theories on this. Um, one, either, uh, you know, they're saving that seventh one, and, you know, maybe it could be someone from NXT. Um, you know, maybe that's something, you know, this Monday night we get to find out. Or theory B, oops, creative forgot they were supposed to put seven guys in there. Oops. Which, truth be told, with this creative, I wouldn't really think that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were supposed to have seven, weren't we? Oh, our bad. <laughs> so um, that, that's something I'm interested to see if, if we're going to get a seventh person as we enter three minutes of stoppage time, 2-2 two, two, Ecuador and Peru. I've got it up on my phone. Wow. Wow. Want to come back from Ecuador? Um, second match. I'll throw this one in. This one was made on Monday night. We're going to have a uh, fatal four-way um, tag team match for the tag team titles. Uh, New Day going to be defending against uh, Enzo and Big Cass, mm-hmm. uh, the Vada villains, and uh, my two guys, uh, Gallows and Anderson. Nice. Um, so that'll be cool. I'm, I mean, truly, I don't. Th- let's put it this way: I don't think the Vault villains are going to take the belts. Um, right now, Enzo and Cass seem to be the ideal next guys to put the belts on. They are super, super over. Um, it seems like Gallows and Anderson just have a little more going on right now because they are involved in the um, AJ Styles uh, John Cena storyline heavily. Um, you know, New Day at this point, the New Day who are extremely over as well as good guys. Um, they, they've had the title since SummerSlam last year. It is now the longest official tag team title reign. I don't know if it's ever or just in maybe the modern era or something like that, but they've had it for nearly a year at this point. Um, I think put them in this four-way tag match, this is a good way to take the belts off of them if they do want to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, especially if you want to put it on Enzo and Big Cass, you know, you don't want the baby faces taking it away from the baby faces. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, hold on. Um, so that that's an interesting idea, I believe. Oh, no. Oh, Peru had a shot. What a counter. Um, so I think that could be a way that they go. So I, I think either New Day retains, Enzo and Cass win it, or I could see an outside shot where you put it on Gallows and uh, Gun. But uh, oh god, did they just rake charge him? Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
But that that is a match. That one just popped up, but I think it's it's going to be a really good tag team match. They did Ray Carter. Um, the other one, of course, this is the one that's really gotten the big pop the last two weeks. Uh, AJ Styles and John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they they are spewing a lot of venom at each other, which is great. Which is you know what I mean. That's what I want to see. Is you know I want to see the venom. I want to see. You know, um, I want them to look like they really dislike each other. Um, this week, Cena basically telling AJ Styles, you know, yeah, you've been all over the world. And the reason is because you were never good enough to be here. Oh. And, you know, that was kind of the gist of it. Um, you know, Styles coming back with kind of the age-old um, the age old axiom against John Cena, you know. And, and he said he actually said the phrase, um, you know, guys like you have a history of burying guys like me. Hmm. Which, as you've seen the video, Ed, yes, you know John Cena uh, basically walks around with a shovel. Yes, <laughs> Metaphor- he buries walks everyone. Walks around with a metaphorical, sho- uh, metaphorical shovel. So, <laughs> you know, that was really poignant um, uh, moment for um, Styles to say that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so that that's going to be that could be your match of the night because John Cena has undercover, and I've said this to you over the last eighteen months. John Cena's undercover become a really really good wrestler, mm. and part of it is that he's been matched up with really good wrestlers, and they've been able to help um, elevate his work. You know, I mean, when he was going with Cesaro, um, you know, with Kevin Owens, I mean, those guys are fantastic, and they help elevate Cena and Styles. As much as I love Kevin Owens, Styles is better than Owens. So, um, I mean, Styles just took Roman Reigns the two match of the year candidates. <laughs> so, if that tells you anything, um, th- that's going to be a fantastic match of Money in the Bank. And then, of course, the main event, um, the return of Seth Rollins, as he will take on uh, Roman Reigns um, for what Seth Rollins calls a still his world heavyweight championship of course Rollins never lost that title I uh, had to vacate it after a um, nasty nasty ACL MCL PCL tear mm-hmm. um, was supposed to be out nine months he's back in six um, you know really really pushed his rehab and, and he's ready to go and you, you know of course how big of a Seth Rollins fan I am mm-hmm. uh, so of course you know I'm really looking forward to that one um, <clears throat> I don't see Rollins winning here at Money in the Bank. Uh, I think this is definitely going to SummerSlam. Um, so I, I think this 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 rivalry is going to keep going for the next few months. Uh, this is just kind of part one of it, and um, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see Rollins back. It's been too damn long without my beloved Seth Rollins. Uh, he is back, and uh, that makes me a happy man because. Now I can begin to envision in about maybe the next 12 months the Rollins-AJ Styles feud. Hooray. Um, which will which will uh, leave me unable to wear pants during wrestling on Monday night. Because of my raging boner. Oh, envision that one, everyone, as we end this week's podcast. That's, that's a pretty good place to end it, I think. Oh, fantastic. So, 
Next week, we will come back with more Copa America action. We'll come back with more to talk about from Euro 2016 as matches will actually have been played. Will England lose to Russia? Will England beat Russia and give Wes even more hope? Who knows? It's going to be crazy. That's all I know. Yeah, we're going to probably draw Russia. <laughs> that's that's so anticlimactic. Oh, well, that's... And, I'm tingling for you, friend. <laughs> Welcome well, to the revolution, Ed. And we'll have plenty more news and notes, including a story we actually didn't get to talk about tonight uh, about uh, some instant replay coming to different competitions within the next year. Um, so we all once again like to remind you guys that this podcast is presented to you by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. But unfortunately, this podcast is about to remember you can go find them at ngsc sports on twitter you can find us as a collective at afa pod wes you are at west bradshaw 21 i am at edward green you can also find us on facebook instagram and youtube under the auspices of our sister show the all new sports show email us all new sports show at gmail.com mail us letters and parcels to 1701 sunset avenue suite 201 rocky mountain north carolina 27804 and lastly we'd like to thank all of our great uh musical podcast hosts out there including spreaker stitcher radio tune in radio app iheart radio the google play music store the itunes music store and uh podbean.com so wes anything else to add before we get out of here uh two quick things first and foremost uh our show tonight dedicated of course to the memory of the uh the great muhammad ali yes Ali, uh, of course, unless you've been under a rock somewhere, um, Muhammad Ali passing away uh, over was it over the weekend or uh, it's Friday night. Friday, that's right. So, uh, uh, big loss, obviously. Uh, uh, maybe the greatest boxer of all time, and even if you don't totally agree with his politics or his religion, that was a hella interesting human being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hella. Um, number number two, good. last quick thing. Um, big congratulations to our uh, good friend of the pod, baseball Brit, mm-hmm. uh, Lander Bearcats. They end up losing in um, uh, basically you could call it the national semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, so they end up in a tie for fourth at the College World Series. They end up with their highest ever ranking as uh, in the final poll. They are ranked number three in the country. So, uh, one one game away from getting to the uh, championship series, uh, which I believe was won by, um, well, I think it was just a one-off, uh, Nova Southeastern, who actually had beaten Lander in the tournament from um, Fort Lauderdale, I believe. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, uh, But congratulations to the Bearcats. Congratulations, of course, to our good friend, Bearcat Baseball, Britt Johnson. And congratulations to all of you out there who have made it through to the end of this podcast. So for my call in crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us here this week. We will be back with you next week to revel in the glory that is Euro 2016. Enjoy it and the dulcet tones of Ian Dark, everyone. And good night, France. Just one more sweep and we can play some football. Oh, crikey, mate. That was Uncle Boy. I know. I just. <laughs> oh, I, I I love hearing you get excited about England. It's it's like I mean, it's just just looking at it. I swear to God. But but here's the thing. I can get excited, but I know Roy's gonna fuck this up. Yeah. Because he is going to he's going to insist on playing Wayne Rooney. Yeah. 
And I'm not even being a Rooney hater at this point. Rooney is past it. He was terrible in the Premier League this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, how are... I'm just getting pissed thinking about Because I just know Roy. Roy goes with his favorites. Yeah. He's going to play Jack Wilshire, who has been hurt the entire season. That one boggles my mind. He's going to play Wilshire. He's going to play Rooney. And now here's the thing. I don't really have a problem with Wilshire. Because I think you can do some good things. I think Wilshire is the player that England need. I just don't know if he's going to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. But Roy's going to put him out there. And you, you freaking watch. The best thing that can happen is Rooney to start game one and pull his hamstring in about the 40th minute. <laughs> I'm serious. That's going to be the only thing that's going to keep him off the field, I think, is, uh, is going to be getting hurt because mm-hmm. Roy's going to play him. By the way, right now, uh, Coutinho leads the uh, Golden Boot in the tournament. Yes. Also, I was I was watching the end of that match. Uh... You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop.